Hey friends, welcome to Free and Light, a podcast designed to help you slow down and live in rhythm with Jesus so that you can experience life to the full. Hey, I'm your host, Tim Shelton, and I'm so glad you're with us this week. In our last episode, we gave you a short preview of a conversation I had with our friend, Marissa Dowd. And let me tell you, you are in for a treat. Marissa is full of energy. She's a single mom of two little girls. Uh, And as a dad of two girls, I know she needs that energy. And at some point in the interview, she calls her home a sorority house. And (laughs) if you follow her on Instagram, you'll get an idea what I'm talking about. Marissa hasn't always been this joyful. Uh, In fact, there was this real darkness in her life following her divorce as a young woman. She has this beautiful story to tell about how God changed her life when she began to listen to his voice. Now, if you caught the last episode of this podcast, you know that this month is all about the spiritual practice of listening to the voice of God. Now, for some of you, that might sound weird or you don't even know where to start. Well, listen, you're in luck. Our team at Sequel would love to help you get started in your journey to listening to the voice of God. And there's two things you can do to develop this practice. First, we offer an in-person experience that we call Getaway. It's a fantastic three-day, two-night experience at our retreat house that we call Haven. And we will guide you through a few days of slowing down, eliminating the noise, and learning to listen to the voice of God. And we think you will absolutely love it. And here's the best part. You can bring a friend with you and you can share the experience together. So we would love to have you consider coming to Getaway. But if you can't make an in-person experience for whatever the reason, no worries. We've got a second thing that will help you learn to listen to the voice of God. It's a book that we wrote called Listen. And and I say book, it's it's really more of an experience. Uh, We wrote this book specifically for you so that you could experience what it's like to listen to God through a ton of the spiritual practices that we actually talk about on this podcast. Our whole team wrote it in really simple down-to-earth language, and it's just a guide to help you learn to listen to God. So you can do the book slash experience on your own, or you can do it with a small group. Both work great, but we would love to have you check that out as well. So if you want to come to Getaway, if you want to get a copy of Listen, all you need to do is go to seekwell.org. We'll put all the links, both of these experience in our show notes today. And by the way, as a bonus, if you want to buy the book, use the discount code B-O-O-K or book, and you'll get 10% off of your purchase. All right, now back to Marissa. Her life dramatically changed when she learned how to slow down and listen to God. You know, as I think back on our conversation, Marissa would tell you she had like this level of faith for a very long time in her life. In fact, when we met her, she worked at a church and she was kind of doing all the churchy things, but inside she was barely surviving. And what happened was she came to an experience that we have called Encourage. She got away from the noise. She learned to settle, learned to listen. And Marissa soon discovered that there is a difference between knowing about God and actually knowing him. She also learned that she doesn't have to settle for surviving, but that she deserves and she can actually find this thing that Jesus calls life to the full. It's Marissa's story of how God redeemed the roughest season of her life and replaced her pain with joy. Here's my conversation with Marissa Dowd.
Vanessa Dowd, welcome to Free and Light. Thanks for having me. We are excited. excited you're here. Mm -hmm. Now you have been hanging around Sequel, feels like for a little while. Yeah, it's been it's been several years since the one day retreat. So, yeah. so how did you hear about Sequel and maybe what uh, what intrigued your interest? Honestly, I had been serving um, at Northridge with the youth group, and I didn't. Not like in a funny way. I didn't have an interest in sequel. I didn't even know what it was, but I have a friend that was like part of the original group. And he was like, I feel like you should come to this thing we're doing. And I'm like, what is it? And he's like, it's a retreat to be quiet and listen for God. And I was like, sounds kind of weird, but okay. And so I like signed up right away because I, oh, there's only a few spots left. and Like, I'm down for quiet. Yeah, I guess I'll go. <laughs> yeah, okay. And so a day away from the kids, which just sounds funny, but I was like, sure, you know. Hey, um, that is a real thing. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, just to go be quiet, that sounds yeah, awesome. that's a real thing. So it really was like someone, like, came to me type of thing. Not really. They saw something in you or. Yeah, maybe like I was kind of. Well, I was a new Christian at that time. So, hey, this could help you, you know, in your walk with Jesus and set me up for success. So I'm thankful for that invitation. So that was a couple years ago. Give us a picture of your life, you know, two or three years ago, maybe just before you got that invitation. Yeah. So I was very freshly um, divorced. And I had, at the time, my girls were like, two and four. So two little girls on my own, uh, which was wild and unexpected. And I was really just like brand new to the whole Jesus thing. I grew up Catholic, like I've shared with you. And so this whole like relationship with him was very new. And it was pretty much like my day was very scheduled because I just needed to survive till bedtime. Like that was my life. Like I need to keep these children alive and myself sane until bedtime. Like wake up and think about how early can I get them to bed as like the true honest. Like I mean, I have two daughters <laughs> and I'm just thinking like if that would have been me, a four-year-old and two-year-old daughter, yeah. they for sure wouldn't be alive today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's Some no way. Some days I'm very shocked that mine still are like alive and well. But yeah, it was like pretty much sad. I didn't have a lot of joy um, I had a lot of worries and burdens that I was obviously carrying of like, what in the world am I going to do and what's next? And um, so even with Jesus, it was still very much religion, not really a relationship. Yeah, divorce is always traumatic. Mm -hmm. There's no way getting around that. And mm -hmm. I think trauma always leaves us with a mark. So looking back, what were some of the spiritual implications that sort of, you know, came from that divorce? Well, it's kind of crazy because without that divorce, I don't really know if I would have any relationship with Jesus. Like that was the catalyst to send me into a pit where Jesus met me. But also what I believed to be true about God about Jesus was like, if you mess up, I will abandon you. I will leave you. You know what I'm saying? I could understand that he, yes, like he's a loving Jesus, but you need to not 
do anything wrong or he's gonna bounce. So, so like, I love you, but I don't like you. Right, like, I love you, I don't like you, and like, please don't make mistakes because that's not, that's not okay, so. Where did that come from? Honestly, that came, that came from my marriage. That was like very much like the conditional love that I did experience was like, if you do all these things and you perform and all these boxes are checked off, we're good. It conditioned me, but it was like if someone always moved a finish line back because you're never going to, you know, be able to make somebody happy all the time every day. And so that conditional love very, very much came from my marriage. That's a lot to live up to. Yeah, it's very suffocating. And then add children having two in two years, there's a lot of things going on. And it was just crushing. It was just honestly crushing. And when the wheels fell off, that was like unacceptable. So then it was like another reason for him to leave me because I wasn't like strong enough for to hold everything up by myself. I always say like I know exactly the part I played in, you know, because it takes two. But my true like heart is like, Jesus was not anywhere in our story. So like the smallest little thing is irreconcilable, right? I mean, there were big things, but I'm just saying like at the end of the day, there was nothing holding us together, like nothing, no foundational truth. That was pretty crushing. And then just to have that, to feel that way too, is like, oh my gosh, like I'm just, I was just left. Like, I'm just like unlovable. If you had to describe that kind of season in a in a sentence mm. what would that look like oh my gosh that season was like so sad lonely and dark honestly like that was it was terrible so worried about my girls I never wanted this and they didn't even ask to be born like I was going through all kinds of just dark 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 you know even to the point where I was like I don't even know what good I am at this point. Like I'm no good for them. And that was a, it was a really, it was really hard, really hard. I mean, were there like, as you're saying that I'm thinking like, wow, were those thoughts going to a place that were dangerous? I would say yes. Like I never had any kind of like plan, you know, where I would think about, oh, I'm, this is how I'm going to hurt myself. But I spent many, many, many days, weeks, months where I was like, the world is better if I am not in the world. Better people than me will take care of my kids and then I'll just take the burden from their life, which is me, I'm the burden. And I couldn't even understand at that time why my children loved me. Like that's how deep, you know, and, and dark it was. I was like, I don't even understand how, you know, they, they love me. Thank God for the people God provides in your life to speak against that. But yeah, it was tough. And I had felt too that like, oh my gosh, I sacrificed so much for this marriage and then to be left. Everybody's trauma is different. Everybody's pain is different. We mm. all have it. But what comes up out of pain a lot of times is we start to believe things that aren't true. Mm -hmm. When I hear you say like I was a burden or, yeah, um, you know, what am I even doing here? My kids don't love me. I knowing you now, now mm -hmm. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, I know. I know. That is, um, truly the joy of the Lord. That is truly like, 
the redemption of Jesus Christ. Because without him, you hear, I don't know where I'd be. I kind of know where I'd be. And it's like pretty scary to me. I'm so grateful you're not in that place anymore. And me I want to get to that. But yeah. I want to ask you just a couple things about how some of this stuff played out in your life. One of the things that you had mentioned in a previous conversation is you said, I just felt like I was surviving. There was no fun. I wasn't really a fun mom or person. I wasn't able to even really handle like deviations in like the daily schedule. Cause like I said, like I just wanted to get to the end of the day. Like I just wanted to make it through another day. No fun at all. Which is great. Like people, if you're listening, you have no idea how fun Marissa is. So I know it's wild when people, if I ever share, people are like, like on Instagram, I love watching you and your kids on Instagram because it's just like, (laughs) it's like the three musketeers. It is. It's like 40 seconds of joy. Like, look, if you can't laugh and have fun with this, I don't know if you're human. You know, I have coined it the sorority house because <laughs> it's very much that's our life. Yeah. I'm like looking around. My sister's like, this is hilarious to me. But and I was just sad. Like I just remember feeling like Eeyore, you know, even worse because I'm like, it's just this like weight that's on my chest all day, every day. Let me ask you this. What are the things you believed about God in that season that now you know weren't true? I mean, number one, I believed his love was conditional. Almost too, as like a new Christian, I could I can look back and see I was very like legalistic. Why did you believe his love was conditional? I, I think I was, well, I know I was projecting my human experience onto God. Humans are so conditional sometimes with their love. And so I couldn't fathom the depth of God's love for me. And I couldn't imagine like the grace of his love, like of who he is. So I was just like, okay, there's things put in place, rules and church, and you must serve and you must do this, you know? And if you don't, well, God's gonna be mad at you. And so I probably thought it would take a lot for him to leave me, but I thought he'd probably be mad at me a lot. And I wanted to shrink down as to, again, not be a burden to God. Now it's ridiculous, but it it was very much real back in the day. Very much real. I think of, uh, you know, Bill Holbrook Mm -hmm. uh, on the show. He has this, I don't know where he got this term, but it's brilliant, but he calls it church of origin. Oh, yeah. So we got family of origin, (laughs) church of origin. What I'm thinking is like your your religious background, church of origin. Sounds like that played a big part into who you thought God was versus who he actually is. Yeah, I thought he was like a mean, a mean man. And you had to like do a bunch of stuff every week. And I always thought it was weird too. I'm like, so what happens like between the week? Like I just lose <laughs> and then I gain. Like it was just weird. I always thought, it, like growing up, I thought it was bizarre, but I just, that's just what I knew. You know, I can't help but think that your story resonates with so many people listening to this because mm. the world is full of anxiety and depression right now. Yeah. I mean, we have all been through some trauma collectively as as a as a human race in mm-hmm. a lot of different ways. Um, and you know, you managed to change that narrative from surviving to thriving. Yeah. So what changed? After the one day retreat, I didn't really hear from God. <laughs> and I was like, well, of course I didn't hear from God. Like, you know, I was just very much like I was discouraged, but and I was still now, I know I was still believing a lot of lies. So I was like, well, I'm not surprised. God didn't want to talk to me. You know, he's probably mad at me or whatever. 
Why do you think you didn't hear anything? I don't think I knew God's voice um, in my life. I didn't know how he spoke to me yet. So that's a big, a big thing. Um, Cause looking back, I'm like, maybe he did say something, but I didn't, didn't know his voice yet. And then also I didn't really allow myself to like settle into the quiet. I just showed up with my own agenda of what I wanted him to say and subjects in my life that I thought he probably would touch on. Um, and so I think that blocks God from, you know, saying what he wants to say to you when you just show up with your own list of ideas of what he should say. But I remember around the campfire um, at that retreat, Kelly had said something like, oh, and if you liked this, we're going to do for women this retreat. And I was like, that would be really cool. And then lo and behold, another friend, when it came time to like register, reached out to me and was like, well, are you going to do it? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot about it. Sure. I'm going to do it. And so I applied to, to sign up for Encourage. And uh, that's really like a turning point of my whole life was that Encourage journey. And I can't help but think that so many of us come into uh, time with Jesus with like, if you would just answer these questions, that would be really great. And we would be good. Yeah. Everything would be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Except oftentimes the, our question isn't the question. <laughs> Yeah, I have found that God has so much to say to me that is not even on my radar. So I have to just say, God, like, take me out of this and just say what you want to say and what you've been just wanting to me to be quiet enough to hear what you have to say. Well, I think that gets a little bit to the heart of why prayer, why listening. Mm -hmm. You know, we often as humans, we say, well, be because I want to know the answers to these things. Right. But prayer and, and listening, sort of the speaking to God and the listen, and listening mm -hmm. from Him, is really more about intimacy and our own personal transformation. Absolutely. Uh, how do you think that surrender plays into that? Oof. I think that you have to give up your desire for control in your relationship with God. Because if God's like, I need you to depend on me and I need you to trust me and not manipulate your life's plan, you know what I'm saying? And so I think like just saying, God, like have your way in me, through me, like I, I'm at the end of myself. I think that's when he can do his best work, you know, it's when his glory can shine when we're like out of the equation. So I think surrender, like it's hard. You know, I've had many a conversation with God a lot at Haven where I'm like mad and I'm, you know, like a little kid, you know, beating, having a tantrum. But at the end of the day, coming out of those moments is like clarity and freedom and peace and the things that God desires for me. It's like, I'm in the way is what I have learned. Yeah. It's almost you know? like, Hey, you really want to get here and you think it's this way, but Really, if you would address this other thing, we could get much farther along together. Totally. <laughs> so you said you went to Encourage for our, our listeners. Yeah. <clears throat> Encourage is a one-year journey, process, adventure, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. um, that we you know, would take 10 women at a time on. And mm -hmm. uh, it's four retreats over the course of that year. Yeah. 
So talk to us a little bit about the first time you did hear God's voice as you got quiet again. Yeah. Uh, and did you have a little like PTSD? Like I didn't hear the first time. Am I going to hear it? Yeah. Um, yeah. That first weekend was so fun. It was so like exciting to be with women that were like chasing the same thing. And God really just that weekend, I remember it was like, you're safe was like what he kept telling me. You're safe to share with these women. You know, you're safe and like physically safe. Um, you're safe with me. Like that was the theme of that first week. And I remember so loudly. When you heard his voice for the first time, mm -hmm. just tell us like, give us some description of like, it felt like this. It, I don't think it was audible. You know? It was not audible. Okay, no. So it felt like this. I sensed this. Just describe that for us a little bit. It felt like a heavy weight on me, but like in a warm way like almost like a hug, but like a very tight one, like a safe, tight, warm presence. And when God does speak to me, I know it's him because it's like his thoughts, it's like they fill my head, like, and they fill my brain. And it's nothing I would think, nothing I was thinking. You know, I wasn't asking him about safety. I wasn't asking him about anything really. And so usually with me, God first kind of wraps me um, lets me feel him, like physically feel him. And then my thoughts will kind of just spill out, but they're his, it's his words. I don't even know how to describe it. Like opening my journal and having my pen spill out of thoughts that I knew were God was like the best feeling. I was like, I can't even believe that the creator of the universe wants to talk to me. Like it was just, it was awesome. And I couldn't wait to tell everybody. Like I was so excited to just share and. Coming from your background that just there's probably a f more than a few people listening to be like, that girl's straight crazy. <laughs> yeah, she sounds like a lunatic, yeah. You know, and I get like it. Like if my family's listening, they're gonna be like, what? <laughs> I, I, right, and I get it. I mean, if mm -hmm. you just sit back and you're objective, you're like, I don't know. Except that there's this long history in scripture where he, he wants to communicate to us. He mm -hmm. wants to speak to us. And, you know, he does that, of course, through scripture. We, yeah. You know, we talked about that uh, last month on the podcast, but um, he also wants to speak to us in a whisper. Mm -hmm. And so it's not mysterious, but it does take a little muscle memory, right? Absolutely. For God to speak to me is like, I need to be not distracted, which in this world is really, is really tough. But I have found now how to get myself out of an environment of distraction and really hear from him. And it's consistent now, right? Like I know it's, if it's, if it's my thoughts, I know it. If it's him, I know it. So it took a little while, but yeah, now I'm like, okay, that was God. And he'll go where he's invited is what I found. God, if you invite him, he's like, I'm coming. So that was a big part that I learned too, is like invite him in. Yeah. He's always around us, but he is a gentleman. Mm -hmm. And so he's, he actually needs our permission to do his good work in us. Yeah. He's not going to force himself on us. Yeah. I mean, he didn't even force us to love him. So, yeah, the invitation part was big. I think that's helpful. Um, so we talked about some of those lies you believed earlier. And then you you know, you go through this process and encourage your mm -hmm. listening throughout the weeks and days mm -hmm. in between experiences. But I'm just curious, what was the big lie that you believed that kind of floated to the surface at Encourage? The big lie that I believed was 
you are a burden to everyone around you and to God and your life doesn't have a purpose to the point where like you just shouldn't be alive. And I think I've walked with that probably my whole life. Um, but different seasons of life bring it up more, but I was sitting on a rock outside um, at Haven and God's like, you won't even pray to me. Like you won't even pray because you believe I just don't want to deal with you. And it was really true. Like there'll be times where like I would feel the word stop before I prayed because I'm like, you know what? Like he's sick of me. That's the same old prayer. It's the same old, you know, or these people don't want to hear my problems and I'm just not going to tell anyone anything. And uh, yeah, that was a big, big lie. Do you think that came from your divorce or was that like, is that a childhood kind of a thing? When something that you're believing that's not true comes to pass in an experience, all of a sudden that is your truth. And so it was almost like, oh, I knew it. You know, why would someone love me? Why would someone stick it out with me, right? And and so it was almost like the lie was there, but what happened was like confirmation of it to me. Don't get too close to people. They will leave you. That is a heavy burden to bear. It And it felt heavy. Um, like I felt weighed down by it. And before I knew what it was, I was like, why do I feel so heavy? Um, yeah, it was, that was a big weekend. So, you know, we just talked about lies and agreements. And I think if somebody's listening today, they're like, what in the world are you talking about? Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure everybody's on the same sure. page. So. We we all believe things that aren't true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Newsflash. I know. Uh, Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, just look around. Uh, we we all. Mm -hmm. I believe things. I'm positive. I believe things that are yeah. not true. Right. Uh, there's a difference between believing some that something that's not true, but then internally saying, and I also agree mm -hmm. with my heart. Mm -hmm that that is not true because what that does is that gives the enemy power over that area of our heart or our life. Yeah. And you're just walking in, like you're walking in that lie. Yeah. And there's a, so that means there's a spiritual component to that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're not going to spend 30 minutes unpacking that today, uh, maybe future episode. But the mm -hmm. reason I ask that is because part of your encourage experience mm -hmm. as you're listening is to sort of identify some of those things that, you know, you were believing that weren't true and mm -hmm. where you gave the enemy power over yeah. that part of your life. So specifically, how did you break that agreement or um, receive truth over that lie that you're a burden, that Jesus's love is conditional, that he's going to leave, that everybody leaves, that you can't trust anybody? Yeah. I mean, that's a big lie. <laughs> yeah, it's a lie. There's a lot going on. Yeah. My girl. <laughs> I know. Uh, I know. What a weekend. <laughs> I, know. I know. Believe me. I came home and I was like, yeah. yeah. So how, like, tell us the story of how you broke that lie. Um, honestly, Jesus broke that lie on that rock. That day two of weekend two, um, I will never forget it because just it felt like a flood of like his power, like into my body of like confirmation of how much that he loves me. And it was like, 
it was coming out of me in like tears and like screaming. I mean, it was like very raw and I was very surprised by it too, because a lot of things I had suppressed for a long time were emotions also. So it was like, just really this, it was like a wrestling with God where it sounds funny to have to like wrestle with God to believe he loves you, but that's what he had to do with me for me to like finally see. And then we did do like a symbolic thing, you know, where we like wrote the lines and like threw them and then into the water, which was like awesome because it was like to see it physically like leave after that experience with just me and God was like, it was really amazing. At any point in that process, did, did you communicate to Jesus that you didn't want to be here? Yes. Yeah. I was like, I just want peace. And I feel like the only way I will be peaceful is if I'm not here. I, I cannot deal with the troubles of this world. And Jesus was so loving, but was like, I am your peace. And so like, stick with me and you will have peace, but you're not really with me yet. And it was almost like realizing maybe my love for him was conditional too, you know? And, and so I was like, whoa, you know, cause the presence of God is peace. And so if I don't have it, then I'm not fully like walking in his presence. And so that was like a big revelation for me of like, that's almost like, I don't want to say it's, it's almost like, don't go that route. Stay with me. Like, that's not going to bring you peace. You know what I mean? So that was a big, big, big revelation too, is like, maybe I'm not, you know, walking in step with Jesus the way that I thought I was after like week one. And, and it was kind of lighter, you know, and going home and having like these rhythms that I was excited about. And yeah. Why do you think that your love for him was conditional? Because I wasn't fully giving myself to him. I was like only giving him, I was controlling like what parts of me that I would surrender to Jesus. And the funny thing is, is like he already knew everything, but. <laughs> He's kind of smart like that. <laughs> so it was like, you know, it's, it's, it's funny now to be like, yeah, I wasn't letting him know. It's like he knew, but I just wasn't – so that it was like that control. I wasn't giving him my whole heart. I wasn't giving him all my hurts and all my thoughts. I was just like, I'll give you some so that you'll like me. I'll give you enough, God, so that we can chat, but I'm not going to go there. That hurts or that's scary, you know? And so it was like I realized, man, maybe I'm the conditional one, not Jesus. So you have this, you know, fantastic experience. You go home, you work on your spiritual rhythm, you break these agreements and experience too. But mm -hmm. uh, you and I both know the enemy is yeah. not going to give up so fast. No. <laughs> <laughs> so my guess is these agreements, these lies, they they kept popping up over mm -hmm. the course of, you know, the coming weeks and months. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Because you're coming back to the same people. Right, and the same situations and circumstances. So it can be easy for it to pop back up. Yeah, so tell us about the journey of that. And I know there's a, 
a story where ultimately you had, you had a much larger breakthrough. But mm-hmm. tell us about the kind of months between like, you know, that six month period where you're like, man, yeah. I'm fighting against these lies and agreements. And that this is ultimately how I found victory over these. Yeah. So like I said, coming back is always a little tough because you're coming back to the same things that you left when you went up to the Haven, up to this you know, place of solitude and this great place, you know. So I think as I experienced things with people that were like the same old, same old, and it, were t- and it was tough, I think it, it kind of weighed on me like over those six months between like the second and in the fourth um, weekend. And I had come so far with God, but it was like, okay, but with people, I'm still... This is still this tension. So that must be Transformation mean, takes time. Right. And I was expecting like to come back and everything be like perfect. <laughs> so um, yeah, expectation with me obviously is a theme. But yeah, so when I got to the fourth experience, um, it's like the fun one. It's They're all fun, but it's like the dream. We're going to dream now. What's next for us? And I was just down. I was like, I can't even think about... And I think I even said, like, around the camper the first time, like, I don't have any dreams. Like, I was just really like, I got nothing. Nothing. Like, everyone's (laughs) sharing, and I'm like, I have no idea, you know? And so, um, like, Kelly had kind of observed me, like, not myself, not really joyful, not really participating. Like, I didn't really want to talk to anyone, which is not like me at all. And um, I had this, like, experience, Kelly and I, and uh, felt immediate, immediate freedom. Like, I could, like, take a deep breath like in that in that same 20 minutes. And then I woke up the next day and I was like, do I feel heavy again? I was like, I don't. And then for like a month, I kept thinking I was gonna, you know, wake up and is it gonna be there? And it just wasn't and like that. And then I'm like, this is freedom. Like I tasted it before, I did, but this is like freedom. And then I felt like I was open for joy to flood in and like come out, you know, overflow out and like, since then been absolutely living in an overflow. Yeah, one of the things we often exercise is sort of imagining that they're physically handing over their lies, agreements, mm-hmm. or their burdens. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's weighing them down and surrender them at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird thing to imagine, like, I'm going to set these metaphorical things, these yeah. heavy things, these burdens uh, at his feet. But when you did that, mm-hmm. when you sort of imagine that, like what happened? I was like taken back to the first weekend of safe. And it was like I was at his feet and like hugging him so tightly. And I felt so safe. And I think that I have been searching for that too my whole life is like, who is safe for me that? is gonna be consistent and is gonna not leave and is not gonna be mad at me. Like, you know, and so that moment was so wonderful for me because I physically did feel the touch of Jesus, I did. And um, I felt just like, I felt safe. Well, and like you said earlier, out of that, you know, you lay down your burdens, Mm -hmm. like it says in Matthew 11, 28. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then what do you get on the other end? That's freedom. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. life's not perfect. No, no, it's crazy. <laughs> Probably a little more free. It's way more free, and it's so much more fun. And, like, learning that God cares about our fun, and God wants us to have fun, and, like, 
You know, I do believe myself to be a fun mom now. And we have a lot of like adventures and I'm not really rigid with like a schedule really anymore. Well, you live in a sorority I house. mean, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, but it's like that connection has deepened so much with me and my girls. And like, I've not only been able to teach them about God and, you know, introduce them to reading the word. No, I have shown them life with Jesus. And I have loved them this last years, you know, um, specifically, I have loved them out of an overflow of love from God. And it's different. People are like, you look so healthy. And I'm like, that is Jesus. Friend, isn't Marissa a ton of fun? I had an absolute blast in our conversation. If you did too, do us a favor. Would you rate this podcast and leave a review? It's only going to take about 60 seconds, but it would be a huge help to let other people find this podcast. And if you do, you'll get to be part of telling somebody else that Jesus came to give us life to the full, a life that is free and light. Until next time, seek well. Free and Light is a podcast of Sequel Ministries. We believe that life to the full comes out of an intimate connection with Jesus. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit us at sequel.org slash donate.